Next on BYU Sports Nation, compare and contrast. Wins against rivals or wins against Power 5 foes? Which matters more? In the spirit of the Kentucky Derby, what call do you want changed in BYU sports history? Plus, BYU is number one. Which sport and what does it mean? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Back on a Monday, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Cinco de Mayo party evaluator Jerem Jordan. And as always, we are brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. So we have two sombreros sitting in our office. We got them a few years ago for Cinco de Mayo here. My mom grew up in Mexico. I wouldn't say I love Cinco de Mayo, but I claim that part that's not really me. My mom's a white Mexican. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Mormon colonies, right? Or the, sorry, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints colonies now. Uh, but I was hoping we'd wear them, but it's not Cinco de Mayo. So they're just going to sit up there dormant for another year. But, uh, a couple years ago, Ulatolu Tau wore one on the oh, show. Oh, yeah. I will awesome. never forget that. Yeah, it was awesome. Have you figured out what percentage you are? Mexican? Well, uh, since it's a nationality, I'm zero because oh, okay. I, it's not a race. Okay. Hispanic is... A, so people will say, oh, he's Spanish. Is he from Spain? If he's from <laughs> Spain, he's Spanish, right? It's not rice. Yes. White rice, Spanish rice. Come on. Touche. Right? Yeah. So there's, there's the country you're from and then there's the race. Okay. Those can be... So like I said, my mom's white or Caucasian, uh-huh. Mexican, uh-huh. naturalized in the U.S., Holy cow. She had to take a test to like become an American citizen. I th- did our boy Greg Rubel have to do that? I'm glad well she passed Canada? it because you're here now. Yeah, she moved here when she was 14 to Provo, actually. Hey, well done. Yeah. Thank you, Sister Jordan, for bringing Sister us Sister Williams now. Got, re- got remarried. <laughs> it's weird that my mom doesn't have my same last name. Anyways, enough about me and my family. <laughs> Let's talk BYU Sports. Are we on? It was a wild Cinco de Mayo for sure. Was it? Here's today's show lineup. Oh, I did have 35 people in my house yesterday. Then it was wild. 35. I finally got one of these right. Cinco de Mayo party evaluator. We had, a block, we had like a block party dessert, but it rained. So everyone came in our house. We had 19 children and 15 adults. Why did you do 16 this? adults. Why, well, I mean, was it worth it? I didn't choose this. <laughs> I did not. Someone else in my house did. Uh, we've got a party for you lined up today on the show. Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, dual threat analyst, joins us in studio to discuss his way too early projections for BYU football and basketball. And Kai Quinn from the national champion hey, hey. BYU women's rugby team stops by to show off a little hardware they picked up this yeah. weekend. We now show off today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU baseball winning over the weekend. Take the series against LMU after back-to-back victories on Friday night and Saturday afternoon. Cougars won 8-5 on Friday, 10-3 on Saturday to take that series. Maintain first place in the WCC after the weekend. They have an RPI of 29, Jeremy. I know how much you love RPI. That said, tournament resume looks really good to get in as an at-large. The Batcats play at San Diego State at Tony Gwynn Stadium today, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio. Oh, the old Mountain West rivals, right? Softball took 2 of 3 at St. Mary's over the weekend with five games to go in the regular season. The Cougars are 26-22 and 22 overall, tops in the West Coast Conference. It looks like they need one win this weekend to clinch uh, another NCAA tournament, another conference championship. Cougars host Colorado State today. 
4.30 Eastern time on BYU TV. Rankings aren't out today, but as of last week, the Rams were number 25 before dropping two of three at Boise State. So maybe a ranked team in Colorado State, but a, an important one for the uh, resume and seating yes. as we get closer to the yeah, NCAA this, uh, regionals. An opportunity for BYU for sure. And if they do close up the conference championship, that'll be 11 straight conference titles and Incredible. 15 straight NCAA regionals. Amazing. BYU women's rugby, also amazing. They win the national championship, as we just mentioned, over the weekend. 48 to nothing. What? Against Virginia Tech in Charlotte, North Carolina. BYU finishes the season at 14-1, and this is their first ever national title. Now, that's incredible, and congratulations to the ladies. We're going to... uh... We're going to chat with them coming up. And we're going to see the trophies. You mentioned love it. And now that the NCAA men's volleyball season is over, Long Beach State won their back-to-back uh, national championships here. Off the block ranks BYU number one in its way-too-early projected top ten for 2020. The Cougars were 13-12 and 12 this season, but return opposite Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, outside hitter Davide Gardini, among others. Do we think that's too high, too low, or just right? We'll discuss. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Rivalry woes. Yeah, I know. Not a great way to start trending with this stat on of the day. On a Monday. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. This one hurts. BYU football is 1-9 and nine in the last 10 games against Utah, Utah State, and Boise State. Wolf. 1-9? I have that as 10%. Mm. Not good. A tithing's worth. So because the Cougars have struggled so much in rivalry games, we're going to have fun with some would you rather. Jerem, looking at the schedule, which two of three do you want to win more? The rivalry games against Utah, Utah State, and Boise State, or you get two of three against Tennessee, USC, and Washington? This is a tremendous question. It is a great question. I'm not sure that there's a wrong or a right answer here. (laughs) Because the first three, or sorry, games two through four, those would lend some prestige, some credibility, some confidence to this program that needs it, right? Absolutely. Needs big wins. BYU's had a couple of big wins over the last couple of years. It'd be nice to to tally at least two of those uh, in the first four, right? But... The rivalries matter. We've seen what BYU and Utah means over the years, and now it means even more because BYU has an eight-game losing streak, and it's been a long time beating Utah. Also losing two in a row to Utah State and three of five, as as you point out. Boise State, BYU has lost a a couple in a row, and I I believe two and five in that. I'm going to go with the rivalries. I think if BYU starts the season with a win over Utah, that it changes the entire complexion of not only – the, the season, but how you feel about where BYU sits against those guys up north, okay? Big wins against Tennessee, USC, and or Washington would certainly be awesome. But then getting another with Utah State or Boise State, and we're discussing, okay, you get two of three, which ones do you want? I'm going to go with the rivalries because there's been, that's been a uh, sore point, as the stat of the day pointed out. BYU can change the entire course of the 2019 season and just the overall direction of the program the first game of the season, if they beat Utah. Can you imagine how can. much relief yeah, I can. BYU would feel if they end that abysmal losing streak to the Utes? Yes, I'm with you. I got to go with the rivalry games. And, and here's the good thing. Utah is a Power 5 team. So why not take two of three 
including Utah. Two or four, then. I've got I've got to have Utah though in that two or three. I don't. Yes. It couldn't be Boise State and Utah State. I, at that point, I would go with the other Power Fives. The two of three has to include Utah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Because what if BYU goes zero and four in the first four? Then the season is just blown up, and now you're thinking, oh boy, we have to win six of the next eight just to get to a bowl game. That's uh, that's not good, right? So no, I'm with you completely. Utah's got to be one of those. What? I mean, if BYU, if BYU is 4-4 four and four in the last eight against Utah, maybe we feel differently about this subject. Yes. I think there's a sense of desperation associated with this. And BYU is all in, like we've talked about, on beating Utah in that first game. And they should be. If, BYU, if Utah was the second game, would we feel the same way that we feel about this situation? Yeah, I, I, that's a fair question. I, I don't, don't know. I don't think we would. I don't know. I, I think that we are all in on it because it's the first game. So I say play it as the first game every year because the fact that we talk about BYU and Utah every fill-in-the-blank day on this show, I love it. I love it. <laughs> the buildup is real. Speaking of the buildup, how many days? Countdown to the Utes. One hundred fifteen days away. Hey, you know what? Why don't uh, the Cougars just go ahead and beat Utah and avoid a potential 0-4 start? It would be the first since 1964, as we pointed out Virgil Carter's week. like, no. Just beat Utah. Get the Power 5 win. Get the rivalry monkey off the back. And the season feels incredible to start. Yes. And the other side of that coin is, what if BYU doesn't? Oh, man. It's going to be really bad. I don't even want to think about <laughs> because it. Because then, then you go, oh, okay, let's go get some wins against Tennessee, USA, Washington. <laughs> yeah, and how much does BYU have left in the tank for Tennessee after an emotional yeah. game against Utah to open up? I don't use must win, but it's almost that way. Feels that way. Game, right? Feels that way. Saturday, in the 145th running of the Kentucky Derby, the horse aptly named Maximum Security, which it needed after the race, <laughs> appeared to win until a lengthy review of 22 minutes led to his controversial disqualification Boo. based on a move around uh, a turn of the first quarter mile. Second place horse, Country House, ends up the winner. And that leads us to this BYU-centric topic. Which BYU result or call in history would you want most reversed? Oh, man. I thought long and hard about this one, and not surprisingly, Jerem, based on the tenor of the current rivalry between BYU and Utah in football, I'm going to rewind to 2010 and go with El Brandon Bradley. His knee was down! You know what Greg Rubel has to say about that? No! (laughs) And he was right. His knee was down! That game's over! It was. BYU wins that game. It's over, baby! But for whatever reason, Brandon Bradley's knee was SD ruled cameras. not down in those mountain standard definition cameras. <laughs> and Utah comes back to win that game. BYU well, was BYU could have made a field goal. Six and five, and Utah was ranked and a ten win team that season. It was in Salt Lake City. Yes, it was. And BYU would have then won four out of the last five against the Utes if you tack on the two thousand ten victory. Oh, oh! I hate that one so. I hate that one so much. Yeah, the, there are a lot. Uh, one comes to mind: 2014 BYU's four and zero, ranked number nineteen. They lose to Utah State, but 
more importantly, they lose Jason Hill, okay? Yes, yes. Streak is snapped, drop mm-hmm. out of the top 25. Yeah. The next week, BYU goes to UCF. Oh, I remember. Central Florida. You were on the side. I hate this so much. Okay? <laughs> you know where I'm going. BYU uh, gives up a touchdown. Yeah. And then uh, on fourth down throws to Jordan Leslie. Oh. There's a pass interference on this play. Leslie is held in the end zone. Yeah, you number 12. No call. This should have been a PI. This should have been first and goal from the one. BYU punches it in. Maybe they go for two and don't get it, <laughs> which they've done a few times, right? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. But, when but can, you, when can you bear hug somebody yeah. in their route? Yeah, that's pass interference. Um, here's why I pointed this one out. BYU lose to Utah State. They lose this one. They lose two in a row after this for a total of four in a row. Tailspin. Nevada um, at home despite 600 total yards. I think your boy Mitch Matthews had... 19 catches or something yeah. crazy in that game. Yep. Then BYU lost by 25 at Boise State, which I think they're probably going to lose. That's a Fiesta Bowl winning Boise State team in 2014. But the tailspin was disappointing because BYU still had a shot at a 10-win season. Christian Stewart did a good job. I think if they beat UCF, there's a little mojo into that Nevada game. Yes. Right? And maybe you, maybe you win those two. And maybe you... you 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 punch your way into a win at, against Miami huh, to ten wins, and that maybe now we feel differently. Twenty fourteen, hey, a ten win season. Remember, we haven't had that. Maybe BYU finishes ranked. Yeah, BYU. I think, beats, I think that play yes. matters a lot in that. If BYU beats UCF, no way they're losing to Nevada at home. Then the Cougars are six and one going to Boise State. Really good Boise State team. They yeah, probably still lose still that game. Lose, and then they they won four in a row in uh, November. Ten and two. I think that play changed a lot because we're, now we're all angsty, haven't beat Utah, haven't had that 10-win season, haven't finished ranks in a long time. That was P.I., man. Jordan yeah. Leslie, you know it was yeah. P.I. too. We've talked about that. Honorable mention, James Harden and Arizona State beating BYU basketball. Charles Abul tipped it into the buzzer. It should have counted. correctly said it wasn't on time. Should have counted. Yeah, Dave Rose is still salty about that one as well. No, he's good, man. He's tired. <laughs> he's over it. <laughs> Maybe so. Hey, uh, way too early projections out, Jerem, for oh! men's volleyball following a national championship weekend. Incredible match, by the way. Oh. Long Beach State, Hawaii. They were oh. clearly the two best teams. Yeah, epic. So fun. Congratulations, Long Beach State. Back to back. They earned it. Okay. Yeah. BYU, however, needs to get back on top. And off the block ranks BYU number one. What? In their way too early projected top 10 for the 2020 season. Is that too high or just right? It's too high. Listen, I call the matches. I know this team in and out. I love this team. I think that BYU is going to be right back in the mix. Top five good next year. I think BYU will probably make the NCAA tournament. They'll be a top two team in the MPSF. Um, But BYU is missing a gun or two from being the number one team. I think that Vinny Lopes in this list is probably mostly based on who's coming back as opposed to who will come in. So there's going to be guys that come into some teams, plug in, and then are, are good. But there's a lot of weapons lost from Hawaii, Long Beach State, Santa Barbara, UC Irvine, right? BYU has some big returning pieces, no doubt, in Gabby Garcia-Fernandez at opposite, Davide Gardini at outside hitter. They need another good arm at outside hitter. BYU's missing that. BYU needs a good, really good libero. Yes. I think the rest of the pieces are fine. Will Stanley's back from injury, obviously. Uh, Brody Ernest is back, at, at setter as well, who got some time. Your middle blockers are tremendous in Fajeda and Yao Hiainen. So BYU's got a team that could be number one next year. Can they serve well enough I, to be number one? I don't, I don't think right now they're at that level to be the number one team. 
and BYU did not pass the ball well in the early part of the season. This is a good team, top five, no doubt. And BYU will be back in the mix. This was the one off you. They'll be right back in the mix. But number one is too high right now. Yeah, it's nice to uh, know that the rebuild is short-lived, right? Yes, and it was in 2015. BYU was, boom, right back in the mix the next year. This is what BYU men's volleyball is, consistently right there in the top five. I, I like being number one. But I have some trepidation about this one. It's like, oh, how about you just put them at number four and then let them kind of surprise some people maybe. And if they don't and they're number four, then great. You were right on the mark with it. Like what team one game over 500 is the number one team the next That's year, crazy. preseason? That's pretty wild. That's crazy. It's just based on who BYU returns. Well, and again, when you're talking about and, and the, the emergence of Davide Gardini and yeah. then you bring back arguably the best player in the MPS overall. Like you got some, you got some tools, right? Yeah, and uh, Fernandez was a second-team All-American this year. That's because Hawaii and Long Beach State were just amazing. Yeah, Gabi Garcia. Stuff like Fernandez three. is crazy. Yeah, he's and the nice thing is Fernandez will be a junior. We've been dabbling with him as an underclassman. We always talk about this. It takes a minute. Junior year, TJ Huss. Oh wow, he made the jump. It's crazy. It's because he's a junior. He's not a freshman or sophomore where he's still getting his feet wet. We expect so much so early. These guys aren't like McDonald's All-American types. You know what I mean? Like, they're good players, but it takes a minute. Yeah. Uh, give me number four, and then let BYU like, uh, just climb if they can. Yes, like Zach Wilson. Oh, he's got to do it all in his sophomore year? No. no. When he's a junior and senior, that's when we're talking about getting to 10 wins. Just beat Utah. <laughs> yeah, beat Utah. Thanks, former le- Ute. Le- no legacy solidified. I'm telling you. Yeah. If he beats Utah, legacy solidified. Yeah. <laughs> it's come to that. Our question of the day, going back to the Kentucky Derby, in the spirit of the race, which BYU results slash call would you most want reversed? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. From at Mike underscore char underscore H2O's on Instagram. That BYU touchdown that got called back in the Miami Beach Bowl against Memphis. I don't remember that one. What are we talking about there? Follow up. Tweet at us again. Yes, I would it. like I specifics, remember. time, situation, all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, what quarter? Who's got, I don't remember. That was a 55-48 game. There was a lot of scoring there, there so we're going to need some help to remember everything. Yeah, at Mark L. McEwen on Twitter. I'd, I'd change a play call on the two-point conversion attempt against Utah in 2016. Anything other than running Taysom Hill into a defense that was stacked against exactly that. Jamal Williams is injured, doesn't really play in the fourth quarter, isn't in that game, and does not. Algie Brown moves, but does not draw the linebacker. That creates a and by the hill. Uh, by the way, Taysom Hill avoids two guys on that play, but he couldn't avoid like six. No, you know. no, you're running into the teeth of the defense. And Boise State 2012 going for two up there too. Yeah, the play call. Ah, yes, ah. that that one hurts. Yeah, that one was tough. that one hurts because the defense was performing at such a high level. Coming up, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler joins us. What does he want more between two of the three rivals or two Power 5 wins this football season? (laughs) He's going to take both, right? Yeah, but he has to pick one. What does he want more? (laughs) And his way too early projections for BYU basketball. What does he expect from Mark Pope in year number one? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's a bald day as Riley Jensen and the BYU softball team host Colorado State, 4.30 Eastern time on BYU TV and the app. Rams were ranked number 25 as of last week, top 10 in the country in doubles, batting average, and slugging 4.30 Eastern 
today. Yes, Monday matinee, a rare matchup between BYU and their former Mountain West Conference rival Colorado State. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We welcome in now Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, back on the show. Good to have you, my friend. It's been a minute. Yeah, I've been off in Florida Laying on the beach, thinking about you guys. Hey, it's kind of weird, but okay. At, uh... No, I okay. I take that back. Scratch that. <laughs> Reverse it. I was laying on the beach, not thinking about you guys. That's good. That's I have I have missed you guys though. Well, it's great yeah, to it's, have you back. You look way like you crazy look, tan. You look, you look rested. There's something about tan. Florida and the white sand on the Gulf Coast and the yeah. sun down there. Like I never get brown like this in Utah. It's yeah. just like. You go down there, and there's something about Florida. I, I love you it. I fake but it's good to know it's uh, legit. No, no, we took the whole family to Florida. This is the one downtime of the year we have is right now. Got to take advantage. Yeah, use so. it. All right, a tanned and well-rested dual-threat analyst, Blaine Fowler, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Our question of the day centers on this. Would you rather BYU football win two of the three rivalry games, Utah, Utah State, Boise State, or three power five, two of the three power five games against Tennessee, USC, and Washington, and why? I actually, I would rather have the rivalry ones just because it's been so long, but also the rivalry teams, two of the three rivalry teams are two of the three ranked teams from last year that BYU's coming back to play. They're actually, even though they're not P5 teams, Utah State and Boise State were both ranked last year. They're coming off a lot of momentum. And, yeah, the team that you think would be the ranked one of the rivalry one wasn't. Utah, right? So, so those two have been really good. Um, Utah was good last year, too, with the Pac-12 South Championship, but they, they were not ranked at the end of the season. And so I would think it, that would be quite an accomplishment. And the record against these rivalry teams has been so dismal, and you guys outlined that in the last segment, that, that they've got to – to pick it up there. Now, now having said that, you know, Tennessee's coming off a five and seven year and they play on the road in front of a hundred thousand. I feel like BYU gets energy. Like when they played at Wisconsin last year out of something like that, I wouldn't be surprised for BYU to beat Tennessee on the road. And then USC comes in here coming off of a five and seven season. Now BYU hasn't beaten USC, but the last two times they played them, they had guys like Matt Leinert and Reggie Bush. They, they, they haven't <laughs> they been walking through yeah, that door. They haven't been the same USC. Now they were really young last year. They've got a ton of talent. I expect them to be better than they were last year year, but that's not crazy to think that BYU could beat USC at home. Utah and BYU have been really, really close. They get them at at home for the first time in an opener. You know, so I think about those first four games, I'm thinking, why can't BYU be two and two in those those first four games? And that should be the minimum goal. That should be the goal. Well, the team should think four and oh. We can be more realistic and think that two and two would be phenomenal it coming would. out there. because you look at the back end of the season, you fi- you got to feel like they're going to win four straight to end the season. I think it's right? four and zero to start. Four and zero. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance yes, to be a four and zero. I, th- I think two and two is a realistic goal in those first four games, and if they can, and even if they finish one and three, I, I feel like they go four and zero the end of the season. Um, I-, I feel like that that mid section of the season, you know, they could go three and one, two and two in there. Eight, eight to nine wins is not out of the question for, for this football. I think that's realistic. This team should come in here thinking they can win 10 games. But I think eight or nine is not crazy for this football wow. team. Let's talk about one, one uh, hurdle that BYU have to overcome. So we, d- we discussed last week. In the Eastern time zone, against teams that finished with a winning record, okay? So the bad teams BYU can beat. Since 82, so when you played, BYU's 1-18. So we, let's identify those games too. Tennessee was five and seven last year. Toledo, so, yeah, and, and Toledo five, was seven, seven, seven and six because they lost their bowl. USF 
Seven and six, I yeah, believe as well. Seven and six. And then UMass. So you're going to beat UMass. Yeah, and UMass is four and eight. Those other, the, those other three games. If the other the, three are projected to finish with winning records. Yeah, so, right. So right. They're all, they were all young. The, the ones with losing records were really young. They were like USC last year, and they're supposed to yeah. be back. And USF has been good. Yes. You know, um, so... Yeah, that's that, that, that's that, like a statistical hurdle. That's a concern. I think they need to take a look at what have we been doing when we go to the East Coast in terms of do we go should we go a day earlier? Um, do we need to prepare a little bit different? It's been it's been a difficult thing for them, and so and even against teams that you think man they should beat they should beat that team back there, um, they've struggled. So it, it is a real concern. I think they need to look at everything they've done in terms of how they organize the trip and change it up based on that history, right? Um, and so I, you know, Tennessee's not has has not been as formidable as they've been the last couple of years. They just haven't been. Um, but it's still in front of a hundred thousand plus folks. They still have team speed all over the field. They returned ten you know, starters. They, they, yeah, it's it's they're supposed to be significantly better than that five and seventeen from last year. So so it is a challenge. I, I, I like that they play three or four at the beginning of the season at home. Um, even though That's these are pretty awesome, even though these are really good teams that are coming in here, Utah very good. USC going to be better than they've been, even though they have a winning record last year. And then Washington coming off a ten to four season, they lose some talent. Washington. That secondary Washington's when I was up on the field up there last year. That's the best secondary I've watched with my own eyes on them on the sideline in like ten years in college football. Oh, they had at least two draft picks out of the two floor. high draft picks, yeah. high draft picks, including a first rounder and, and uh, Ben Burkerbin. Yeah, Taylor yeah, they, Rapp. They had eight draft picks total. Yeah, they lose a lot of talent, but Coach Pete is a phenomenal coach. They'll just they'll just regroup and be really really good again next year. So Washington may be the best of the first four they play, and they lost a ton of talent, and they still be, may be the best that they play in those first four. Good games. to be Washington right now. Blaine yeah. Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation. So what I'm gathering from all of this uh, prognosticating is, in the first eight games. You think realistically BYU has a good shot at winning four games? Yeah, if they can win four of those first eight, then I think they get. To, I think they can win out in their last four, um, and and then I think anything they do above that is is unexpected and overachieving a little bit. So they get five and they get to nine wins. They get six. You know, the team should be thinking, win every game. We win every game, right? That, that's if you don't, then why are you playing, right? We win every sure. game with what sure. we got coming back. BYU like these other teams. Very young last year, and they have a great core coming back. They're, they're, they're better at quarterback and deeper at quarterback than they've been a long time. The running back situation with grad transfers just solidified. That was one of my big questions. Literally, the only question I have right now is, who's going to man the middle linebacker position? And, and what I'm most confident in is up front on both sides of the ball, on the offensive line and defensive line. And when BYU's good at quarterback – and they're really stout up front on both sides of the ball, that's when they win a lot of football games. And, and on that O-line, we're going to see some depth this year. There's a couple of guys that didn't play much last year. Um, Harris Lachance, Chandon Herring. Uh, Harris Lachance, I was at, at the bank football bank. When I'm looking at that guy and I'm going, this guy looks like John Tate to me. <laughs> and I got talking to the coaches and they go, he's got the raw skill like a John Tate, and he's got to work like John Tate to get as good as he is. But – those are guys that are coming back that aren't even the guys that people are talking about. And so BYU on the offensive line, they're back in the O-line business, and they're really deep on the D-line. And so I, I, li- I like what they look like coming in. They can, if, if they can win four of eight to start, I think they're in a great position to win out. Let's finish with a hoops question. Uh, Mark Pope has his staff now, and uh, I think they could beat uh, most teams in the country if they had a pickup game among the staff. 
Oh, which is, oh, yeah. Which is great, right? They get dunked on and shot on. Because <laughs> the, the bigs can shoot on that team, on yeah, that coach's team. Exactly. So what do you think of, I guess, what they have right now and what's coming back and uh, expectations for next year? I think they take a step forward. Um, I, I had two concerns with last year's team. Well, I had three. I didn't think they played great defense, and I think that this energy may fix that a little bit with the new staff. Um, I really was concerned with consistent shooting from the outside. Every other coach that we did, uh, opponent coach that we talked to and shoot around, would say, "Man, we just can't stay in front of T.J. Haas." Which was true. You'd see TJ get in the game. He can get by anybody. He breaks down a defense. He kicked the ball, and BYU was unbelievably inconsistent shooting the ball from the outside. 33% from three. So I think that's solved. We're not going to talk about transfers, but with some of the announced transfers, one in particular, and with Jesse Wade coming off of a sit-out year, solved. That problem is solved. The, the, believe me, it's solved. And so my other question was interior presence in the post defensively. Big physical people inside that can defend against teams like St. Mary's and Gonzaga. I still have that question mark. I'm very interested to see what this staff does. They play more zone next year. What are they going to do? Gavin Baxter's a great offensive player, but he's more of a stretch forward than a big pounder inside. He's an O-rebounder. Right. He, he can go player, after yeah. and get some stuff, but but when you got to go play against a 6'10 or 7-foot force or a couple of them like Gonzaga throws at you every year, how is BYU going to be on interior on the interior defending against big teams? That, that's the only question I have left coming in. I, I still think they take a step forward. I think it's going to be a much better shooting basketball team, get a couple additions, um, and, uh, and I love the energy that this staff has brought already. So I think they're going to play defense with more energy, and that'll make a difference. Okay, let's qualify a step forward. Is that 20 wins and an NIT berth? I think it's at least 20 wins. I think they get back, because they just barely missed that last year, and they had so many games that were close. And I think they're going to be better. So I think they get to 20 wins. And then I think they're, they're, they're NIT for sure and borderline NCAA. And if they can get a couple of those games that they shouldn't, then they push for an NCAA berth. But heck, I'd be happy for them to get to 20-plus again this next year. And then I think they've got to go and upgrade inside, and, and then they, they make that step forward the next year again. So 20 is very realistic. Yeah, losing your leading score three years in a row and taking a step forward would be awesome. Yeah, right? I, but there, there's some guys that, come, that are coming in and coming off of red shirts as transfers that can really shoot the basketball, which help with that, I think. Absolutely. Blaine, great to have you back from Florida. Thanks, guys. Back to work for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Blaine. Coming up, the women's rugby team won the national title Saturday. Star Kai Aquin will bring the trophy to Studio B. And we've got your poll question results. Would you rather take two or three against the rivalry trio or win two or three against Tennessee, USC, and Washington? Updated results coming up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Saturday, May 18th, we'll be live from the BYU Fan Fest in Nashville, Tennessee. From 1 to 3 Eastern time, we'll hear from Kalani Sitake, Mark Pope, and many others. Hang out with us in Nashville, May 18th. We cannot wait. I just want some Nashville hot chicken. Let's go. There's a hot chicken place to just open in Provo, too. We should go there, too. Well, I heard it was really spicy. I'm a little scared. (laughs) You're not going to like Nashville hot chicken. (laughs) Yeah, I might pass on that one. I'll get some barbecue. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with another look at today's headlines. BYU baseball victory wins the weekend series against LMU. Back-to-back wins on Friday and Saturday, 8-5, 10-3. BYU maintains first place in the West Coast Conference. They have an RPI of 29. That at-large tournament resume looks really, really good. The Batcats can help it even more. 
at San Diego State at Tony Gwynn Stadium today, 9 Eastern. Listen live on BYU Radio. Softball took 2 of 3 at St. Mary's over the weekend. With five games to go in the regular season, the Cougars are 26-22 and 22 overall, 10-2 and 2 in WCC play. The Cougars host Colorado State today, 4.30 Eastern. Watch it on BYU TV or the app. The Rams were ranked number 25 last week before losing 2 of 3 at Boise State. Congratulations to BYU Women's Rugby. Yeah. National champions. That taking place over the weekend in a 48 to nothing drubbing of Virginia Tech in Charlotte, North Carolina. BYU finishes the season at 14-1, and and this is the program's first ever national title. Now, I know they went uh, uh, to a different level this year. I'm not talking metaphorically. I'm talking physically. Um, and they dominated that level. So I wonder if they go back up or was Sunday play an issue? We're going to talk to... Uh, the team coming up in the next segment. Yes, the rules but of relegation. Here's the point. What level you're at, just dominate. And they did that, which is great. Now that the NCAA men's volleyball season's over, off the block ranks BYU number one in its way too early projected top 10 for 2020. Cougars were 13 and 12 this season, but return among others, opposite Gabby Garcia Fernandez and outside hitter Davide Gardini. Our question of the day, in the spirit of the Kentucky Derby, which BYU result or call would you most want reversed? Hashtag BYUSN to chime in on that. And now it is time for our poll question results. Would you rather, or what is more important to you, two wins out of the three against BYU football rivalry teams, Utah, Utah State, and Boise State, or two out of three against Tennessee, USC, and Washington, the Power Five powers, if you will, on Twitter, 84% of the vote coming in in favor of rivalries, and mm. that is largely driven by Utah. Understandably. Instagram, not far off of that. 69% of the vote going to rivalries as well, and 31% to the non-Utah Power Fives. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised by this. I think the eight-game losing streak to Utah is a big deal. I think losing a couple in a row to Utah State, I think the imbalance with Boise State as well is there. Right now, BYU stinks against its rivals. Like, stinks. One and nine the last ten. One and eight the last three years. That's got to change because this, when you look back at a season, you first look at the win total, and then you think about the rivalries. And for some people, they may think about, did BYU beat Utah, and then everything after that. And I get that, and that's completely fair. When Utah is ranked to open the season, and they will be, BYU's not supposed to win this game. How will that change how BYU fans feel about this? They still when- think you need to win, because last year BYU's up by 20 twice. They should win. I don't, and I, yeah, I'm with you. Unless they're in the top 10 or something, I think being ranked 14th is different than being ranked 8th. And BYU's beaten teams that have come in, in here, you know, Texas, 14th, boom, just BYU knocks them out. I, I don't think that Zach Wilson cares either, which is the good news in all this. <laughs> the gospel of Zach Wilson, because uh, the book of Zach reads, and he shall beat Utah, right? I think I think we almost think like he's the missing link to yeah, this yeah. to some degree. Is he the honey cougar? Honey cougar don't cur. Honey cougar. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, when you're the when you're the quarterback. Yeah. Exactly. Honey cougar don't cur. He don't cur, man. Oh my goodness. Updated poll results coming up in the show right now. It is largely in favor of the rivalries on Twitter and Instagram. Some tweets in now from at Richardson Todd on Twitter. If BYU can't win the rivalry games, the others don't matter so much. The non-Utah Power Fives matter if BYU wins the rivalry. Otherwise, no respect for the wins anyway. 
I disagree. I do if too. If BYU went three and one but lost to Utah, anybody the the nation is going. Wow, BYU is a top twenty team. It would be They're ranked really in the good. top twenty, probably fifteen. Let's anybody be, be like, and, and it would be the season opener. Ah, they didn't play well in the season opener. And but what they if really it's, turned what it if they around. lose by one? And they win the others. Like, are you kidding me? Yes, not all I, losses are created I, equal. Yes, I disagree. And the value of BYU and Utah is tremendous, right? Especially the BYU side. It matters more to BYU than it does to Utah. They have more to play for. Within, they honestly do. Their access is different. Yes. The conference is different. The money is different. It, it, BYU needs to win against Utah more than Utah needs to win against BYU. Within BYU-centric blue-goggled fandom beating Utah, yes, it matters a lot. But outside yeah. of that bubble... If BYU were to win the other three, no oh, national writer cares about I, Utah beating BYU again. If you hand me the other three right now, I say lose by 100. I don't care <laughs> because, I'm. yes, I want BYU to beat Utah. That matters to me. It, 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 to be a BYU fan is to care about that rivalry yes. tremendously, right? Yes. Um, but, oh, man, those other three, if you won those, wow, that sets you up. Let's go. I feel like discussing more of this national championship business. Yes, I do as well. Coming up, BYU won a national championship in women's rugby. Here to help us celebrate it is Kaya Quinn. Hey, you brought that hardware, right? He's got the trophy. Yeah. Let's, let's get it done. Can we have that for Studio B? No, 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 no. They, they can get it. All right. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Baseball is on the road tonight at 9 Eastern time as Brigham's Boys of Summer play at San Diego State. Listen to it on BYU Radio or the app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We now bring in a national champion with the swag and the trophy, Kai Quinn of BYU Women's Rugby. Welcome to the show. Congratulations. Congratulations on the national title. You brought in the trophy. Uh, yeah. What did it mean to win the national championship? Uh, it meant a lot. Yeah, the team really appreciated it. Not just the current team, but the previous team as well, you know, the ones that left their legacy. And, and this was, uh, there was a lot building up to this because I know Sunday play had been a factor in the past of the program, and you guys had been to the national championship game several times, so you finally got over the hump. And, yeah. it, and it wasn't close. No. It was 48 to nothing, domination. Yeah. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> were, were you glad that it was a dominating win and not more dramatic? Um, it, it kind of makes it, makes it easier to know that you're going to win, but it is a little funner when it's head-to-head sure. and you know the intensity yeah. in both teams is higher. So you guys could have pulled off the pedal a bit and let them back in it. Just to, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe. I'm just kidding. Now, at what point did you think, okay, we're winning this thing? Like, when in the game did you think, it's over, man? You you know I really try not to to set that in my mind because by halftime I think it was like twenty something to zero still and then you're like oh that's a good that's a good distance but you never want to turn your back to them because then they run you over. Sure, it was Virginia Tech. Uh, you were in Matthews, North Carolina, in, in Charlotte. So you had to go all the way over there, yeah. and uh, Virginia Tech didn't go have to go as far. Um, but uh, you guys came out on top. So what did you guys do so well to win 48 nothing? Uh, well, it's tradition, I guess, now to eat at Chili's before our game. So <laughs> I guess it was Chili's and your Sports Nation karma. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. That's what really yes. came to us. Well, we appreciate that. You, we knew you guys were good, so we thought there would be a good chance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. There's this cool uh, tradition that you've had, and maybe it's not so cool and becomes frustrating, but you all have these wristbands on, and you wear them in life every day mm-hmm. at all times until BYU Women's Rugby won a national championship. You're not wearing a wristband today. Which you, means you won. You cut yeah. it off. Okay, what was that like, that whole process? Uh, it, was, it was actually kind of emotional. I mean, it, it's been with you every day. It's been part of you, kind of, and... Having that wristband is just always the reminder, and so to to fulfill that goal, you know, it's just wow. Was, was that? Uh, do you put it on at the start of the season? Usually, yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll wait till the roster is set, and then we'll have a team bonding uh, activity, and then just wrap it on every girl. That season's wristband. Yeah. Um, can you describe what the wristband looks like, and and perhaps how it helped you keep that goal in mind? Yeah, it's just it's just like a the little paracord that is hard to break. So you wrap it and burn it together so you can't take it off unless you cut it. Mm. And it comes in different colors, green, wow. blue, orange, red, whatever what, what we're feeling. Pick? I red, had orange for a little while. Red was really an option. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got to rub it in their face. Any color but that. Come on. Come on. Um th- as you look at that, it's a daily reminder for sure, but uh, I guess you, you said it's emotional. What what emotions come to mind when you think about that wristband and now that you, you cut it, it means you won. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know how to explain the emotion, but that, that feeling of fulfillment, you finished. You know, you, you made it there, and that's, that's what I felt. Can you describe the moment um, the final whistle blew, and you guys probably kicked that into touch, you know, and you're like, <laughs> it's over. Can you describe what that meant to your team? Oh, uh, well, the seniors were really pushing us, and they were really the ones that were kind of our anchors in everything the whole season. And I think when that whistle blew, everyone was excited for the seniors, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, they were, they were cheering, we were cheering, everyone was cheering." It was, yeah, random hugging. Is yes, really yeah, awesome, yes, right? group hugs. Yeah. You're just Play yelling, hugs. you're having fiving everyone yeah. and missing. And when the BYU men won their first one, I bawled like a baby on the field, like. <laughs> On the pitch, sorry. Uh, I Did you ball, play? Like, no. Thank you for asking, though. <laughs> I love when people think I played. I appreciate that. No, I was just helping cover the team. But, but the build-up to that, it just meant so much, right? So, yeah. Did you cry? Did you? I did you not, did, but just say you did. a lot of the other. <laughs> no, I'm not weak. Did some of the girls cried, though? Yeah. Yeah. Kai Aquin with us on BYU Sports Nation, BYU Women's Rugby Vice Captain, National Champion for the first time. What's next for BYU Women's Rugby after winning this national title? Hopefully another national title. Okay. Well, there and again, if you go up a level, then you're dealing with teams that have scholarship players. And we got some clarification on that. So, Because you guys were in a different competition this year, I guess, right? Yeah. So there are certain schools that are handing out scholarships now. BYU's not one of them. Mm-hmm. So, but you won at that level, which is awesome. Do you want a piece of any of those teams, though, in exhibition play? Oh, maybe? yeah. Penn State or Central Washington? Penn London State North? has always been the, uh, the rival. That's the rival. You could say, yeah. yeah. But for me personally, I'd like to take up Lindenwood. Okay. Lindenwood, yeah. yeah. In Missouri, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Central in, Washington, another kind of... Yeah, Central Washington is Washington, Penn State, Penn, yep. Pennsylvania. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. When and how did rugby start for you? When, uh, when did the journey begin? It started a long time ago. Uh, I started playing when I was... 10, 11, and at the time, the community didn't have a girls' team, so I was playing with the boys, and yeah, I just played with them up until high school, and then high school, I went away for high school for my family, and 
they didn't have a rugby team, so I just played a bunch of other sports. And then I chose BYU because of the rugby program. Mm. And you're from Hawaii? Right? Yes, yes. So, so did you go to a different school in Hawaii? And on, yeah, on another island from my family. Gotcha. So it was a boarding school. Gotcha. Which, yeah. which school was it? Kamehameha. Kamehameha. Yep. Yeah. yep. You heard of it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really yeah, famous. It's the best school. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Kahuku and Punahou were like, wait, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> but Kamehameha. Exactly. Jordan Gray has excelled at the next level for this program. Mm-hmm. Is there a Jordan Gray in the mix? Is it you? Is it someone else that could compete with the uh, Eagles? I don't know. We, it used to be Grace Taito, and then she got pregnant. So who knows? Maybe she'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> but, there, but there are, I guess, professional players being produced by this program, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Thank you to our coaches, Tom and Tavita and Kisa. They're the ones that really put in, put in the thought behind the work, and then we're the ones working hard. And you guys aren't on scholarship. You pay your own way, and you're yeah. you're practicing you're balancing weird hours school, and, work. Yeah, yeah. So the Rugby. sacrifice is perhaps larger than if you had a scholarship, right? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing in the trophy. Yes. I can't stop staring at it. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. It, it is. Is it the top come off? Nope. No. No. Okay. No candy. We'll go in there. Okay. <laughs> a candy we're bowl. Put... <laughs> hey, we've, we've been looking for a candy this bowl here in Studio candy. B. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's fantastic stuff. You also have a rugby ball yes. that you are holding in your this hands. This is for you folks. Oh, oh we do get awesome. something for Studio yeah. B. And the, yes. and the team, the team is signed. All the team. Yeah. So yeah. maybe if one of us get famous, you'll have then, the signature. It'll be like, look, Lauren. Craner. Craner is on here. Well, all yeah. of you are already famous. You're the first ever You're the national first championship national team in women's yeah, rugby. This is awesome. Yeah, let's let's place this prominently. Front, front and center. Yep. Front and center. Yeah, move the football this over. This is the rugby okay. school. This is the rugby school. <laughs> I don't know what anyone else says it is. Fantastic stuff. Kai, congratulations again. Thank you so much. Can we have you sign our flag, too? Yes, That'd definitely. Be all right. Yeah. All right. Yep, give her the Sharpie. Thank you sign for Sign our flag. Us. First person from uh, Kamehameha uh, on here as well, which is great. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, coming up, who says the men's volleyball team is the number one team in the country going into 2020? And you will not believe what the Myrtle Beach Pelicans pulled off in my rise and shout out. why we care about it. (laughs) This is BYU Sports Nation. (laughs) Shout out to today's guests, Blaine Fowler and national champion from BYU women's rugby, Kai Aquin. Hey, in fact... Both national champion guests. Today. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's championship day, and then there's us. The show's on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Baseball. After losing Thursday 5 1, the baseball team bounced back Friday with an 8 5 win, Saturday with a 10 3 win to win the series. BYU plays at San Diego State tonight, out of league, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio. Softball. Top St. Mary's with a 7 0 win on Friday, split the doubleheader on Saturday. Emily Erickson had two runs and a 3 2 win, including her sixth home run of the season. Pitcher Autumn Moffitt earned her 11th win of the season. Cougars enter their last five regular season games at 26 and 22. The magic number is one in conference play to clinch an 11th consecutive conference title. They take on Colorado State out of conference today, 4 30 Eastern on BYU TV. Rugby. The women's rugby team won the national championship with a 48-0 win against Virginia Tech in Charlotte, North Carolina Saturday. Yes. Dr. Kai Aquin. That was awesome. The Cougars went 14-1 this year, winning its first national title. Volleyball. Off the block. And Vinny Lopes ranked BYU number one Ah! in the way too early projected top 10 college men's volleyball teams for 2020. The Cougars finished the season just one game over 500, 13-12, 
following a three-set loss in the MPSF tournament to Pepperdine. Wow, what a jump for BYU potentially. Track and field. Signee Gretchen Hookstra threw a national best mark of 50 feet, one and a half inches, and the shot put at the Nike Jesuit Twilight Relays in Oregon. Cougars in pro hoops. Elijah Bryant scored 20 points, three assists, three rebounds, as his team, Hapoel Eilat, defeated Hapoel Beersheva. Golf. Can we say that? (laughs) Zach Blair finished tied for 50th at the Nashville Open. He was there two weeks early. We're going to be there in two weeks. Shooting one under par. He's currently number 37th in the web.com tour ranking. We're on our way, Zach. Cougars in the minors. Taylor Cole pitched two innings yesterday in a Salt Lake Bees loss to the El Paso Chihuahuas, <laughs> who have the ugliest baseball uniforms I've ever seen. They were real. the El Paso Margaritas yesterday. I'm not kidding. So ugly. Uh, Cole allowed zero <laughs> runs and did have a strikeout. And Colton Shaver went four for seven with an RBI in the single-A Fayetteville Woodpeckers. Two losses to the Down East Wood Ducks as opposed to the other Ducks over the weekend. Shaver's on a seven-game hitting streak, has recorded multiple hits in four consecutive games. And speaking of baseball, Mm -hmm. it's time for the Danny Ainge Blue Jays Home Run Record Watch. Vlad Guerrero Jr. went two for 12 in three games this weekend. Did not have a home run. Therefore, Danny Ainge's record of being the youngest Blue Jay to ever hit a homer continues. 26 more days to keep the record. (laughs) The Blue Jays host the Twins tonight. Come on, Danny. I've never rooted for a guy to not hit a home run harder (laughs) than Vlad Guerrero Jr. Just hit a lot of doubles and triples for Mark Durant so that the Blue Jays can win, but you don't have to hit a home run. Just hit your first home run in 27 days. Today's rise and shout-outs now. Okay, Jeremy, mine goes to Javier Assad of the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. What? Did something I have never seen in a baseball game. Couldn't pick it up as a pitcher. He kicks the ball. <laughs> he kicks the ball to first base for Woo. the out to get the runner. A kick That's out? Great. That's Incredible. Great. Well, it's an assist. To the put-out. A kick-out for a put-out. Yes. Uh, military surprise reunions get me. The latest one featured Texas softball player K.K. Hader on her senior day reuniting with her brother who she had not seen in three years. Oh. Awesome. Super emotional. Great stuff. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. You want to call reversed in BYU history in the spirit of the Kentucky Derby? <laughs> At DHub22 on Twitter says, what play should be changed? Three words. Fourth and 19. Yeah, I love it. Sorry to Dennis Bitter. Ran out of time, bro. Or Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Alexa Gray. It's good to be a Gray, right? Yeah, it is. We'll see you at 430 Eastern for BYU softball against Colorado State.